0: What's up, everybody? My name is Adam Badger, and welcome to and Fit. What's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to and Fit. I have a very special guest today, uh, Brian Abel. I pronounced the last name right? You did. Nailed it. Okay. <laughs> Brian Abel. Uh, he's a local nutritional therapy practitioner. Uh, we've kind of known each other, you know, through the grapevine and, and, and uh, kind of as acquaintances for a couple of years now. Uh, and Brian puts out a lot of good information on the quality of the food you eat and different, you know, realistic nutritional practices that he utilizes in his day-to-day life. So, uh, Brian, thanks for have, hopping on, man.
1: Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me.
0: No so problem. It's an honor. Man. No problem. No problem. I'm excited to talk to you. So, uh, let's just start with the basic stuff. Uh, you know, who are you? How old are you? Where are you from? <laughs> the little the <laughs> basic bio, little,
1: bio little, little profile on me, not, not. Very exciting stuff probably but uh so yeah so uh, my name is brian um i'm originally from Queensbury, uh new york so kind of always in the been in the area uh i am 41 years old i'll be 42 in in
0: july um, holy shit i thought you were like 35
1: i appreciate that. I, get that I got good 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 genetics in that regard and and i take nice. care of
0: myself you know that's that all, awesome that man. all factors in
1: so yeah um it wasn't so good when I was younger trying to buy beer and everything, but (laughs) you know, those, those days have have since passed, but, um, yeah, so I've always been, always been into, into fitness and sports when I was younger. Um, not a, not a standout athlete or anything. I was, I I was pretty athletic, good at a lot of things, but not great at anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I always enjoyed working out and exercising and moving. Um, and then that that's evolved over the years into actually focusing more on, what am I putting in my body? How am I, how am I feeling uh, my performance as it Mm -hmm. adapted into, you know, more weightlifting and um, high intensity interval training Uh, triathlons. I had some experience doing that, some endurance training, so pretty well-rounded. But I, yeah, I kind of got more interested in the nutritional side of it. Like I'm, I'm moving my body the right way. I'm doing all these things, but I still get aches and pains. I'm still, I still get sick often. I -hmm. look the part, but I'm just not, I don't feel as healthy as I
0: should be. And, uh, and so that's a really good, that's a really good, that. uh, that's a really good, uh, point to make though. Cause I think the common misconception that the average person makes is if they see someone who's lean and fit, they just automatically assume they're super healthy. Mm. Uh, maybe they assume that it's easy for them to stay in shape. And I think a common uh, thread that you see, especially with social, social media is that some of the most, uh, in shape Instagram influencers that you see are generally sometimes the most unhealthy people, um, absolutely emotionally, <laughs> mentally, and physically. Uh, yeah. so for someone like you, I guess, what was the, uh, was there, did you have like a, a trigger moment or like an aha moment where you were like, all right, I need to make a change with my nutrition. Uh, was there something like maybe a health thing or feeling a certain way, yeah. maybe just aging?
1: Yeah. W- well, without going into great detail, cause it's pretty, it could be a pretty long story, but, um, <laughs> Back in 2012, I got sick uh, with a, I guess you could call it a psychosomatic disorder. So, like a stress related disease. It was called Ramsey Hunt syndrome. It's kind of okay. it's the varicella virus. If you've ever had chicken pox, it lies in your body, stays dormant unless it gets triggered. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can manifest as shingles. Or what I had was, like I said, Ramsey Hunt syndrome. So, the left side of my face went completely paralyzed almost like overnight. And Holy shit. That, yeah. So, it's like,
0: so it's like 10 years ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that was pretty jarring, you know, <laughs> holy cow, like what is going on? And, um, you know, so I went to all types of different doctors to figure out not a lot of people knew a lot about it. And I never really got the proper advice that I feel like I really needed at that time, which was to manage my stress. I didn't th- stress to me was just like a it, it's not physical. Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah, emotional. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't you know? Whatever, suppress it. Don't talk about it. Don't think about it. Don't you know? Old don't worry school, about
0: it. old school dude stuff. You, absolutely <laughs>
1: exactly. And and what you don't realize though is that that stress has a very physical and physiological effect on, on your body. And I didn't know that at the time, but so that really kind of opened the door for me of just learning more from a holistic functional perspective how the body works. Yeah. Um, and then it's it's certainly I've gone down all
0: different avenues from there. Um, to- wow, well, that's actually that's really interesting. I didn't know that about you. But yeah. that um, that's crazy, because even even if it's not that specific disorder, like people don't realize that the day to day stuff they have mm-hmm. with it, if even if they're just getting like sick all the time, sinuses, <laughs> stomach issues, like that's fucking stress. Uh, like the actual issue itself is stress on your body, because your body's constantly trying to heal from it. But outside stressors are generally what's causing those disorders in your body. So yep. uh, if you don't, if you don't mind me asking, like at the time when when that was happening, was do you feel like it was related to anything specific? Was it work, family, or was it just physical stress when working out? Uh
1: no, it was
0: it was uh I actually am divorced. So I went going okay.
1: through a divorce from my first wife. Um, so that was the the That'll trigger. do it. Yeah, that'll do it, right? <laughs> and it was actually the years leading up to that point too, where like I did suppress everything because at the time I didn't want to be divorced. I wanted to stay, you know, stay in the marriage. Um, I viewed divorce as like a failure in my life. So, so I knew we were one argument away from that falling apart. So I just swallowed everything. I didn't advocate for myself. I just became a shell of of who I used to be. And I think it all just kind of blew up in my face. Um, but now like I would go through that five more times if it led me to Lindsay, my wife now, like I I don't, Oh yeah,
0: dude, absolutely. It changed
1: my life for the better now that I can look back on it in a mature way.
0: Dude, I mean, uh, I, I honestly like I didn't know any of this about you. And that's I'm yeah. glad I'm glad because this is the type of stuff that actually fucking matters when you talk yeah. to humans. So like Brian's a one on one coach. I'm a one on coach. When you talk to human beings, it's not about like how not always about like, oh, how to do a proper lunge or this <laughs> right. carb versus this carb. It's like what's going on in your life. And just as importantly, what's happened in your life that's led you to this point where me and you or, or me and the person or Brian and that mm-hmm. person are hopping on a Zoom call to try and fix their health. So yeah. that's that's super important. I mean, I've been through stressful times. We've all been through it. I've worked with people who've been through divorces, who've been through family tragedies, illnesses, and they're so focused on how do I lose 10 pounds right now that they're yeah. not realizing that the compound effect of all this other stuff has led you to to this point where where you're you want to make a change, so yeah, uh, it can be a lot to unpack. You yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. And and, and I know, find that one on one
1: coaching becomes like more like mental coaching. But go ahead. It can be, yeah, one hundred percent. But you know, I just wanted to go back to something that you had said earlier a little bit and and bring it together with the with the stressors and and, and what you just mentioned, but you know, you were saying how like there's a lot of influencers on social media that put out these programs and they, and they purport themselves as being like the epitome of health. And what they, what they do oftentimes is they're doing some extreme caloric deficit or some extreme workout program, get their body in this shape. So they're, they're showing you all the after pictures. They Mm -hmm. don't walk around like that every day of their life, but they're, you're seeing all these after pictures of these shredded people. And they're like, Hey, follow my protocol. If you want to look like this, Mm -hmm. well, it's so very bio-individual. If you and I follow the same exact protocol, you're mm-hmm. always going, you're going to be bigger than me. You're going to be stronger than me. I'm mm-hmm. probably going to be leaner and I might be a little quicker. Yeah. you follow the same protocol. We are different people, you yeah, know? Yeah, So absolutely. you don't, there's no, like they, they paint with broad brushes. And so there's, there's that side of it. But then the other issue with social media that makes it so mentally challenging for, for everybody who's just trying to kind of get through life with some confidence is, Everyone is there there's always someone doing something. Like when you're at the gym, if you do group fitness and you go to the gym and you're looking at Susan, who's looking great, she's lean, she's she's shredded, Mm -hmm. she's doing some. You want to find what are you doing, Susan? She's like, Oh, I'm doing I did this beet juice cleanse. Like, what I like, someone's doing something, or I'm doing I did the ketogenic diet, or I I went paleo and and so someone's always doing something, and they're they're in the after phase of that something, Mm -hmm. and you're comparing yourself to them, but they're not going to stay there most likely eventually yeah. they're going to go back to a, a more sustainable lifestyle and they're going to probably carry a little bit more weight. But, but now you forget about that person. So Susan, who was doing the beat cleanse, who was ripped and shredded. Yeah. She put on the weight, you forget you, you put blinders on, you don't even see her anymore. Now you're on to, to Jason, who's yeah. doing the ketogenic <laughs> diet. Now he's ripped. like, Oh, what are you doing?
0: Yeah. You shiny objects. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Follow the shiny objects. So you, Comparing yourself to other people is a very dangerous game, but it's so prevalent because of social media, because of, of society now, like where we are, how we work out. It, it, it's so hard not to compare yourself to others, but it's so very important to compare yourself to yourself, focus on your own journey, on your own progress and understand it, it, it ebbs and flows. You know, you're going to, you're going to have periods where your body looks one way and periods where it looks another way. And that's okay. Yeah. It's just and- Learning about your body.
0: And also, I think another really important point to that is when you are going through a very stressful period of life, it's even harder because maybe you're less motivated. Maybe you don't feel Mm -hmm. as good, but you're also viewing other people and they're posting their highlight reel to social media. Right. And you're like, not only is that person lean, but they have a great relationship. They are rich. (laughs) They have this awesome car. They eat the best looking food and you're looking at your life like well what's the fucking point like i'm not going to get there right and i think that's very important for people like us to talk about because we don't lead perfect lives we're not perfect human beings and we're not shredded all the time or feeling great like mm-hmm. even right now i i woke up late this morning i was running late for my first client i had to slam a protein shake at 4 30 in the morning and yeah. i haven't eaten since and it's 9 30 and i'm starving that's, right that's
1: hilarious though that you woke up late and you were slamming a protein shake at 4 30 a.m that's waking up late
0: that was working <laughs> up late for me <laughs> yeah that's wild i had i i had a 5 a.m client and uh actually i was being i was actually being generous I, it was actually 4 45 uh but yeah. uh yeah i i woke up you late. lazy yeah. <laughs> yeah i was so fucking lazy but i woke up late and like i didn't I didn't get like my normal breakfast in. I didn't get to eat my pre-workout meal. Like I had to rush through a workout after my uh, Facebook live this morning so that I could get here for this, for this podcast. And, but people don't talk about that stuff. People yeah. are like, you know, you're watching for the average 35 to 45 year old uh, male, female, who's got kids and a career and fitness isn't their life. They're comparing themselves to a 23 year old person who yep. fitness is all their care And for- Exactly, so- that's the priority. Exactly. And uh, Brian's got two kids and a wife. I've got a wife and a, and a son, like we have other shit going on besides Mm -hmm. our health. So that was, that was one of the things I did want to talk about uh, with Brian today was just some basic day-to-day stuff that you do to help balance out the responsibilities of being a husband and a dad, owning a home, all the stuff that comes with that Mm -hmm. while keeping your health on track. So obviously, you know, uh, 10 years ago. So let's, let's put this in perspective for people 10 years ago, you were 31, 32, and you were going through a very stressful period of your life to where it physically damaged your health. Right. Mm -hmm. 10 years later, you're healthier than ever in really good shape and balancing all this stuff. And you're very, very grateful for that. And that's awesome. Most people do the reverse. Most mm-hmm. people are like 42 and go, I was in great shape when I was 32 and all that stuff. So Brian is like Benjamin buttoning, like right? <laughs> you're, you're for now. for now, for now. Yeah. Right. I but, love it. Yeah. But I think that the, the, the important uh, point to focus on there is that you don't, you're not do like time doesn't doom you just cause you're getting older. doesn't mean your health has to go shit to shit. Your metabolism doesn't slow down. Things don't become uh your body doesn't need to go away or get worse with age. So yeah. So what are some things you've done changes you've made with your nutrition, with your, with your fitness, that's helped you be in the best shape of your life at 42.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess there's a lot there that we could, that we could go into. Um, but you know, probably not, not the least of which for me is just, I focus on four areas of health. There's like kind of four pillars. It's your, it's your nutrition, Mm -hmm. what you're eating, your movement, how you move your body, how you exercise, uh, how you manage stress and how you optimize sleep. If you can, if you can make strides, positive strides in those four categories, mm-hmm. then you're moving the needle in the right direction for sure. And you have to understand that you know they're not all going to be perfect at times. Maybe you know, as we can relate with two young kids, sleep isn't always going to be perfect. One hundred percent. So if your sleep isn't isn't perfect, then that's all the more reason where some people might take that because if you don't get a good night's sleep. That definitely affects your whole demeanor for the for the upcoming day. You're tired, mm-hmm. you're groggy, you're sluggish, you're not as motivated. All your protocols feel harder um, you know, to, to accomplish, but it's all the more reason to stick to them. If one, if one pillar is taking a hit, it's more, it's that much more important to be really solid in the other three. Or two, mm-hmm. maybe two are taking a hit. Maybe you're stressed and underslept at that point. Well, you better be eating right and move your body. It yeah. will all help pull it together till you get to the point where things kind of balance out and level out. Um, Yeah,
0: I think that that's, that's, that's actually a good analogy. And I've used that similar analogy. But I and I, the one that I've used was, I like yours better, actually, because it makes more sense. But mine was like wheels on a car. mm. Yeah, four wheels going. (laughs) If one goes, you got to keep the other three in motion, right? And just to keep the car moving. So if you're picturing, like, literally, like four pillars holding a flat slab up, if, if one goes, Is it a smart decision to just kick all the other three out from under it? Or is it a smart decision to double down on those? And that's a really good point. Sleep, if that goes, most people then go, I don't feel as motivated to work out. So you skip your workout. You feel guilty about skipping your workout. So you skip breakfast. Then you're more hungry later on. But cravings go up because your sleep was down. And then the whole day goes to shit. Now, even if that happens, we all know you can just get right back onto the next day. It's not the end of the world. But it is really important to keep those in mind because we can get so overwhelmed in our day to day life. So, what Brian's articulating is if you can just stick to these four things and be aware of them, mm-hmm. you can always have some semblance of control. So, if your nutrition is off for the day because, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, you're, you didn't go to the grocery store that day when you were supposed to, and you have less stuff in the house, you got to be more conscious of sleep stress and working out and right. so forth. So I guess when it comes to those four pillars, uh, if you were speaking to a million people, so you're not necessarily able to personalize, we?
1: It. <laughs> you don't have a million viewers. <laughs> I, I,
0: yeah, I, I, what I'm, am I doing here? I'm Adam? closing, I'm closing in on a million. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not a false statement. You are. No, I'm not, I'm not even close. Right. Um, but, um, uh, going towards it. if you were to speaking to a million people and you couldn't personalize it, if you had to give one or two kind of guidelines or or tips for each pillar, what are some that you practice on a day-to-day basis? And then we can kind of like riff on those. Yeah, yeah, great.
1: So yeah, it's like kind of a million mile view here. So for nutrition, it's very simple, eat real food. It's gotta be easy. Yeah, Yeah. real food has nutrients, fake food doesn't. So you wanna nourish your body. So eat real food. Um, for movement, um, I would say just 30 minutes of movement every day and, and try not to sit for more than one hour at a time. Set a okay. timer on your phone, do something. If after 60 minutes, you know, just stand up, do 15 air squats, do some, do some lunges, do some pushups, go for a walk. Just or,
0: Yeah. Like even right now I'm standing while we're doing this podcast. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah, just, yeah, I did that. I, I, that's something I've been doing lately when I'm doing Zoom calls with clients, I just started standing more. So again, like guys, okay. if you're the average person who's very sedentary, we're not saying you got to be able to get out of your chair and do 27 push push-ups, but nope. like, can you stand up at your desk for an hour instead of sitting? Yeah, exactly. All right, so that yeah, that's doesn't nutrition. need to be anything crazy.
1: Um, for stress, probably the best advice I could give is to inquire a little bit about breath work. Um, okay. I think that's the easiest way to switch yourself from the sympathetic fight or flight state to a parasympathetic rest and digest state. If you can do some slow for just three minutes of slow, deep, conscious breathing, that sends a signal to your brain that we are, there's no threat. We're not in imminent danger. If there was a saber tooth tiger chasing us down, we wouldn't be able to breathe this slowly. So it's just, it's just sending signals to, to relax our body and to get out of that stress state. So a little breath work can go a long way to manage stress. Um, also don't suppress your feelings and emotions. Find someone to talk to. Yeah, 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 (laughs) Um, absolutely. And then in, in terms of sleep, just have a, um, have some kind of sleep hygiene routine. So it could be something as simple as dimming the lights after seven o'clock. There's a lot of things you can do. Dim the lights after seven o'clock. It helps with your circadian rhythm, drink some organic, um, sleepy time tea. That's got herbs that, that help you reach a, a deeper state of sleep. Breath work also works very well. When your head hits the pillow, just do three to five minutes of deep breathing. You'll probably fall asleep during it. Um, and, um, and, and, you know, try to, finish up eating at least two hours prior to going to bed. It's not good to go to bed with a completely full stomach. Then your energy is diverted to digestion rather than sleeping and, and repair and recovery, which is what you want to have happen and detox when you sleep. So that's it's awesome. some kind of hygiene protocol.
0: for sleep. That's awesome. And no, they, I would love to riff on a couple of those things. So the, the one, uh, that mm-hmm. I want to talk about first is the breathing because mm-hmm. that's something that actually I, I'm not uh, very educated on, but I hear a lot about it. So, um, but it's funny because uh, this is what happens when you talk to other coaches and other people who are in the industry. Not only do you learn stuff, but you realize similarities. There's a lot of yeah. similar trends. Like you use the yeah. saber-tooth Tiger reference. Yeah. I yeah. use that shit all the time. I don't even know where I got it from. But <laughs> right. I literally, I literally say to clients, That one
1: stood the test of time. I've heard that for a long time. Yeah. Back to like the caveman days. If you're trying but to I- talk like ancestral Absolutely, you know? but
0: I I always say to I say to clients I say your physiologically your body doesn't know the difference between stress at your nine to five and a tiger chasing you. That's right. So let's put that in that perspective. If you are super super stressed, like again ten years ago, super stress caused physical issues. Your body doesn't know. Oh shit, my boss is you know breathing down <laughs> my neck to get this project done yep. versus a tiger is trying to kill me. Now think about that in you know, in context, if a tiger was chasing you, do you realistically think your body is going to go, well, we better burn body fat. We better build lean muscle. No, your right. body's trying to get away We from better time.
1: fight that cold. But, yeah, yeah know, we like, better fight that cold. Yeah. We better
0: digest our food better. Right. No, your body is literally just trying to survive. So Absolutely. to Brian's point, if you can control your environment by focusing on three to five minutes of breathing, you can tell your body physiologically, to Mm de-stress versus scrolling on your phone, drinking a bottle of wine and and trying to deal with (laughs) stress that way. So could you go into maybe like educate me a little bit on, on the benefits of that? And like, you know, I guess maybe tips you give your clients on how to implement that into their life.
1: Yeah. So I think in terms of tips, it's, it's one thing I would say is just realize how easy it can be. Like you can literally do it anytime, anywhere for the most part. You can be driving in your car and in bumper to bumper traffic and, and feel like you're running late. Well, that's a great time to just practice some breathing. There's different exercises and techniques. Um a simple one, it would be like box breathing, four seconds inhale through the nose, hold for four seconds at the top, four seconds exhale out the mouth, and hold for four seconds at the bottom. So it's like a you know a box, four seconds. In, okay. Yeah, hold, that makes sense. Out, hold. Yeah. Um, so you can do that for maybe five minutes. Um Again, you can do it in the car. I like to do it when I first wake up. It kind of sets my intention for the day. I'll do, I'll do like I actually just downloaded an app. So you can get there's an app for everything these days. Yeah, but, yeah. Um I download an app, it's called state breathing. It's like a, a a black square with a white circle and a black dot in the center of it. Um, and it just kind of takes you through some rhythmic breathing exercises for to be present, to be calm, for sleep, um, just whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. But but yeah, I mean. There's there's benefits to it um, beyond just the stress, but it it, it reoxygenates your blood. It's a mm-hmm. detox, you know, method. Like we, when we burn energy, it creates CO two as a byproduct, right? Carbon mm-hmm. dioxide. That's the only way carbon dioxide gets in our body is is through breaking down and, and metabolizing and creating energy. So and there's only one way out for that CO two, and it's out through your breath. Uh-huh. Um, so when you metabolize all this food that you're eating, the way to get it out is is through your breath. If you are a shallow breather. For you know, forever and ever and ever, you can get a buildup of CO two in, yeah. in your bloodstream, um, and that's you know that's got some downhill effects. Obviously, we don't want that. Um, but yeah, reoxygenating your blood is a good thing. Like we get we get energy from food and oxygen. Oxygen, other than if you're doing some anaerobic workout, which means without oxygen by definition, mm-hmm. every every other uh, aspect of burning energy requires oxygen to do so. So the more oxygen we can bring into our blood. Um, The better, the healthier our tissue is going to be. The healthier our organs are going to be. You're providing it with with a very important, necessary uh, molecule that it needs.
0: So-, Let, so yeah, so let's 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 think about that for a second, guys. Like if you're listening to this, if you're low energy, if you're stressed, if you're getting sick all the time, you can literally just breathe more intentionally and it'll be very beneficial for you not going to the drugstore and grab a more medication not grabbing the 21 day cleanse juice off of the gnc shelf like that shit doesn't work that doesn't cleanse your body
1: it's funny though it's like the the easy solutions are not a they're not sexy they're not appealing and so some people just think it can't be that easy you know like there's no way it's not i can't just breathe my way through that like but you can it, it does it does help and like hydration is another thing if you're you know, if you have headaches or you have joint pain, um, th- you know, throughout the day, it's like, well, how's your, how's your hydration? Let's, let's start there. Let's get the low hanging fruit first, at least to rule it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I had said this before, like people, they almost want it to be some obscure ailment that they have inherently. It's like some kind of weird thing that we have going on. Like you go to a doctor and you want the diagnosis but Sometimes it's a lot you of know, times. I, I know exactly.
0: Simple. I know exactly why I have this conversation with with uh, clients and people all the time. It's because we want a reason that we can't do it. Yeah. We, we subconsciously want to validate our belief that we can't be as lean. Mm-hmm. We can't be as healthy as we want because I have this or because mm-hmm. I, the doctor told me this or and I, I see this with with uh, clients all the time when they first come to me. It's you know, oh, my doctor told me I can't work out because I have a bad knee. Right. Cool. Like that's one <laughs> joint on your entire body. You need to tell okay, me. So here's
1: <laughs> an interjection, but don't yeah. go to a doctor for health advice.
0: <laughs> yes. Go- yes. J- just don't. Honestly, like yeah, don't. yeah. They're, they're I, terrible with health advice. I, I care. <laughs> not to go off on a whole other tangent, but like literally, my wife Megan is also uh, an NTP like yeah. you, and the whole reason she started that entire multi-year journey of getting certified of learning of investing time was because we had a really bad miscarriage Mm -hmm. that that and she like physically like was uh, not only emotionally but like physically like she bled a lot she fell and hit her head it was really bad very emotional and it was it was horrible but she went to doctors and what did they tell her oh one in four women have miscarriages. Oh, one in <sighs> four. But as like she's a at the time know, was a, a healthy thirty-two year old woman who worked out and ate right. So she, if you saw her walking in the street, you'd be like that girl is in the best shape ever. She's probably the uh, epitome of health. But she had a lot mm-hmm. of stuff going on internally that she didn't yes. know about, and doctors did not help her with. Now yeah. she's healthier than ever because of basic nutrition practices. Mm-hmm. Um. So yes, a lot of times people they want to hear that there is a reason they can't do something because then when they're not doing it, they have a better reason. reason. So yeah. And um, when you
1: understand that, you know, something, it depends on the personality. When you understand how much control you have over your health and longevity and your health span and your, and your performance and, and all that, it gives you agency over that it gives you control, but mm-hmm. that also gives you the responsibility. So now you have to say, if I'm not if I'm not at my best, that's my fault. Like you got to yeah. look inward. Like there there's, I could do better. I could make better choices. And you know, that's, that's the whole difference between like blaming your genes w- without considering the fact that there's genetic expression. So like you might just add, you know, cancer is in my family or heart disease is in my family or diabetes runs in my family. Yeah. And it's gonna, so you have those genes potentially, Mm -hmm. um but they're only going to be expressed you don't have to follow that same path if you live the same lifestyle as your parents and grandparents and you eat the same things they ate you you have a lack of movement you you don't manage your stress you don't sleep like Mm -hmm. if you do all those same things then yeah you that might be the way that you go out yeah if you interrupt that circuit and you do things differently then you 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 don't go down that same path. You activate good genes. We all have good genes and bad genes and they get activated based on the input that we put into our body. So if you're bringing in garbage, you're going to get some garbage genes to express. If you're putting in good, healthy food, you're going to get good, healthy genes to express. It's going to help you live. It's going to help you align your health span with your lifespan. So like it's going to be a smooth transition to the other side, you know, rather than being sick for the last 10 or 15 years and struggling and suffering.
0: Absolutely. And and sometimes people hit that suffering, struggling point in their 30s, man. Like it's it's yeah. And I I actually just had recent conversations with clients where they're like, Oh, high cholesterol runs in my family or heart disease Mm -hmm. runs in my family. And I have to have that. It's a hard conversation to have because they have so much attachment to this belief. Yes, that this just runs in their family. But when you break it down and go, Well, what did your mom and dad eat? Did they exercise? They didn't. Oh, they didn't exercise. They both smoke cigarettes. They drank a lot of alcohol. They eat pizza. They ate, you know, pizza and McDonald's all the time. Cool. What do you do now? Well, I don't really exercise. I drink too much. (laughs) I eat fast food all the time. Okay. It's not your genes. Exactly. It's It's your lifestyle. Yeah, it's your lifestyle. And I get that a lot of this are, which is probably a big motivation for you as it is for me. Our parents' behavior informs a lot of our decision making uh, at an early mm-hmm. age, and it's hard to break those habits as you get into adulthood. So that's why me and Brian both are very intentional, and and as is uh, Brian's wife Lindsay and my wife Meg, we're very intentional about how we behave and talk about food because we want to pass those uh, behaviors on to our kids. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's hard. It's
1: it's hard in today's day and age, that's for sure. There's a yeah, because of... we're
0: the weird ones.
1: It, yeah, we were, I was just talking about this to to a, a buddy of mine how. Oh. Yeah. You're the straight, like if you're, if you're sitting around a table and everyone's ordering pizza and then you get the salad, like the grilled chicken salad or something, you're the one who gets poked fun at. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's like, yeah. yeah, but hang on. I'm the one taking care of myself. Do like, I'll, I'll even go, I'll even go like, like even deeper than that is like, cause dude, I mean, we both, I'm sure there's been plenty of times where me and you have eaten pizza over the last few months. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So we eat that stuff too. But I'm, but even like with your kids, like the way we, and I'm not judging anyone, but like, if I, if I say, I don't want to give my one and a half year old son McDonald's Mm -hmm. instead of people going, Oh yeah, cool. It's, Oh, what are you hippie? Or like, Oh, like a, Oh, you ate McDonald's when you were a kid and you're fine now. Like it's, it's very
1: harsh criticism of you get judged for almost like you are depriving the child of the greater things in life. It's like, yeah. Like the the 99 cent
0: cheeseburger at McDonald's is the greater thing. (laughs) It's funny when you,
1: and when this is, you know, this is kind of relevant considering you know who, who we're speaking to and everything but like these these patterns and these habits are are ingrained at a very young age like you think about we've all we've been influenced like our age group and most of the people that were that are listening now have been influenced by the great depression era whether it's our parents our, our grandparents great-grandparents whatever and so you don't waste you do not waste food like you yeah. eat all the food that's on your plate so what are you telling a, a child like you're, you're teaching them to overeat they're oh, ignoring yeah signals from their brain that's saying i'm full now i don't want anymore and you're saying no you got to finish that food yeah if you want this this or this like we're, we're attaching like these oh yeah rewards dude. and so I, so there's that side of it and then also like you just said like what what are you putting on their plate because you have control over what they eat they have yeah. control over how much and that's yeah. the way you should approach it they choose how much you choose what so you put the food on their plate that you want them to eat mm-hmm. and then when they're done eating they're done
0: yeah, I mean, and I, they're not and gonna the one, starve. The one the one comparison I make when so when someone's uh it's like oh but they're a kid, you know, they should be able to have like a cookie or whatever. My 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 question to them is like, well, what if what if what if my five-year-old says he wants beer? Should I just give him beer because he wants beer? <laughs> or like, does yeah, a cigarette, like it's yeah. the same, it's the same concept, but because of of society of marketing, we're taught that like going to like McDonald's or going to Dunkin' Donuts is like this fun novelty experience. Yeah. And that we're depriving our kids of that if we're not taking the other. But like, dude, yeah. that shit is gross. <laughs> it is, like... it
1: is. And let's not pretend that we've gotten it right all the time. Like in, no, in this country, dude. you know, I mean, like just take cigarettes, for example. There was a period of time where they were thought to be helped. They had advertisements of doctors on the front of magazines smoking cigarettes as if it's good for you. Yeah, that's basically where we're at with, with sugar and, and like fryer oils and these damaged oils. They are every bit as bad for you as cigarettes. It's just not, it's not common knowledge yet. And it it won't be for a long time because of kind of the way things are set up with, with big food lobbyists and pharmaceutical lobbyists that do go to great lengths to make sure that this information just, they know some people know it, but they won't let it become common knowledge. But yeah, I mean, and it's the same thing, like you can do a lot of damage on the weekends, after a good week of eating that can Mm -hmm. undo it. Like, would you, if you were building a house, would you spend five days building it and two days, tearing it down? Yeah. That's what you're doing. If you're coming, if you, if you are depriving yourself all week long and you think you're doing like, um, I'm eating real clean all week, but you're just strictly living for the weekends and you go hog wild, you're living for the weekends and what you're doing during the week isn't working. It's not like you shouldn't be coming into the weekends, like, you know, just on fire, ready to eat. Like you're getting out of prison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So like, there's something wrong with your, with your approach that needs to be tweaked. And it's not necessarily your fault. It's just, it's just the way that things are designed these days your yeah, and I think
0: foods, everything around you is just. Psychologically too. It, what I find with people is when you tell someone that they can't eat something, they want mm-hmm. it more. Mm-hmm. So my approach to coaching clients mm-hmm. is always to uh, let them know that like, Hey, listen, like no foods are off the table. You mm-hmm. can eat whatever you want, but let me educate you as to, why cooking dinner at home is probably gonna keep you fuller and make you feel better than stopping at McDonald's. And yeah. I just explained to them the difference. And they make that switch and they they want McDonald's less because now they they associate the that feeling of the home cooking with feeling good and getting a better night's sleep and, and losing weight. Yeah. So I think, I think sometimes it's important to let people know like we are not saying by any means that you need to be 100% perfect every time or that if, mm-hmm. you, have, if you bring your six-year-old to a birthday party, he's not allowed to have a piece of cake or any shit like that. What mm-hmm. I'm saying is your A, your genes are, are not the, the determining factor of your overall health yeah, and B, exactly. like the way that you choose to eat, the way that you choose to exercise, the way that you choose to mm-hmm. put things in your body is gonna affect your overall health. So that power for lack of a better term, can be empowering to some. But mm-hmm. to others, that responsibility is just intimidating. Yep. And because they don't have that internal self-belief that they can achieve that, they want a doctor to tell them no. They want a pill to try and fix yeah. it because they don't want to take responsibility for the negative. And they don't, yep. also aren't even willing to take responsibility or credit for the positive. Right. If I have clients who lose 10 pounds at, or, or have lost weight in the past, and they tell me, well, keto worked for me. Well, keto didn't work for you. Cause you're talking to me now you lost the 10 pounds, like you yeah. did the work. Right. So yeah. I think taking that responsibility is very, very important. And it's something that coaches like us have to continue to talk about with people that you are responsible for, for these choices. Yeah.
1: You know, it's funny because there's different ways to look, look at everything. And so I, I also, like, I appreciate talking to you and hearing like your, your mindset and how your mind works and everything. and, and, And I'm learning a lot just just sitting here rapping with you. So I I definitely appreciate it. But it's funny, like, so like, what's the definition of a diet being a failure or a success? So this is the way I think of things like, it's not a failure unless you didn't learn anything from it. If you, if you're no longer like I did the ketogenic diet uh, about three years ago, and I don't, I don't do it now. So does that mean it was a failure? some might say so, but to me, absolutely not. Like I spent eight weeks in, in strict ketogenic diet. It taught my body how to recognize fat for fuel. I gained metabolic flexibility. It allows me to more easily incorporate fasting in my life. Now I eat more fat than I ever did and, le- and a little less carbohydrates, um, all healthy fat. And that's, that's important. I learned so much from that diet, but it's mm-hmm. also not a lifestyle and that's okay. Like I, I, yeah for there was a period of time while I was in it I was like I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life I'm like I'm leaning out I feel good but it's just not sustainable when you're cutting out a complete macronutrient from your diet it's just not yeah. that's probably not going to work forever
0: and, so, and also we're, we're putting it in context if you're someone and I always I always I always uh, compare fitness to like finances mm-hmm. so like Mm-hmm. The the more money you save or invest or earn in your life, the more freedom you have to try new things, right? Yes. So, yes. like, if you if you have a really good job, you get a promotion, whatever, you're earning more money. Now you can try that new restaurant, and if it's not that great, you're not, you know, like, oh, this is my one meal out a month that I can afford, right. and I ruin that dinner, right? Correct. So the more fit you are, the more experimental you can be. So, mm-hmm. for someone like you who's been working out his entire life, who has this knowledge if you told me, Hey dude, I'm going to try the ketogenic diet for 30 days. I'll be like, awesome. Let me know how it goes. If the average person who has no base level knowledge of nutrition, of exercise, who has been overweight for 15 years, tells me I'm going to try the ketogenic diet. I'm going to say probably not a good idea because you're going into it already. Uh, you know, shooting yourself in the foot because you're expecting this diet to do the work for you.
1: Yeah. And, 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 you know, there's a stat like 95% of diets fail. Um, and the five percent that don't fail are those that have some kind of accountability, like a coach. Yeah. Um. So you know, if you take that same person and work with them, you you could get them to a point where they could get, you know, that they could tackle a ketogenic diet. But you're right; yeah. you don't just jump right into it. You got to build build the infrastructure first. Yeah. Um, but and that's just one example. That just but, there's but, so for, many different guys. Yeah, but for, out there. for
0: someone like you or me, right? We mm-hmm. understand that at the end of the day your food quality and your food yep. quantity are what matter most. Yeah. So whether you're doing keto or counting macros or just eating uh, intuitively, our mm-hmm. base level mm-hmm. choices and habits are so established that we can try things. And if they're not a fail, I mean, it, like I, that thing is a really good point to make. No diet is a failure. Like what, what, why other the average person considers it a failure is because they went into it with, I am solely doing this diet, to lose 20 pounds, They lose the 20 pounds, they gain the 20 pounds back, because they don't understand how it works. That's a failure in their mind, right? For you, you got leaner, you felt good, you transitioned back to your normal eating habits, you stayed lean, and you still feel good. That's Mm -hmm. why it's not a failure, right? But for the average person, they're like, so emotionally attached to their weight to their body, they want to lose that weight. And and I always try to, to put myself uh, because as a kid, I went from like a skinny kid up to age like nine to being the fat kid for for like yeah. the beginning of middle school, starting a new school, kids calling me story, fat. Yeah. yeah, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I I apply that empathy to the average person and go, okay, well, if they're this emotional about the weight, yes, of course, they're willing to jump off a cliff to lose the weight because they just want to be out of that pain. Right. And my job and your job as coaches are to... Get them out of that pain, but more importantly, keep them out of that pain for life. And a lot of that is mindset and habits and all that stuff. Yeah. But yes, I think you make a really good point is that nothing you do is a failure unless you c- learned absolutely nothing from it. So even yeah. if you tried keto and you gained all the weight back, what did you learn? Keto doesn't mm-hmm. work for me. Boom. Wasn't a failure.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, honestly, it can be that simple. It can be that yeah. simple. Like I've done a lot of different things and you know, I did macros for a while and and I don't currently do them all the time, but I'll go back to it. Yeah. for you know if i'm just trying to lean up or whatever then i i count cal- that's the only time i really count calories or macros for myself is if i'm trying to actively lose a few pounds because i fluctuate a little bit you know i might be a little heavier in the winter and i then i want my summer body
0: so yeah c- congratulations but, it's like you're a human being right like that's yeah, what people right don't understand like i i generally track calories and protein mm-hmm. and i generally track it i'd say uh 70 to 80% of the time mm-hmm. I'm tracking, right? But yep. of that 70 to 80% of the time, maybe 10 to 15% of that time, am I actively trying to lose weight? The rest of the time I'm tracking to make sure I'm eating enough to feel yeah. good, exactly. right? Exactly. It's the mindset.
1: And no, yeah, no matter what you do, whatever protocol or program you're adhering to right now, just you should really try to encapsulate that in real whole foods because- you know, you can eat three thousand calories and be malnourished, or you could eat two thousand calories and be completely nourished. You yeah you understand that. So like if you're eating junk, three thousand calories of just fake food, yeah. your body is not getting the nutrients that it needs. So if you are going to be in a in a slight deficit or a moderate deficit because you're trying to achieve a temper this this physique, you know this temporary yeah. physique, Um, it's all that more important to make those calories up. That's where it's, it's like you said, it's the quality and the quantity. It's both. It's this, this calories in calories out battle. It's a bunch of infighting, but they both matter. Oh yeah. 100%. So Yeah. What you're eating is going to provide you the sustenance, you know, to get through that day on a a deficit of calories that your body's asking for. Yeah. Yeah. If you make up that, if you make up those, those few calories of, you know, Oreos just to be extreme or, you know, Oreos, McDonald's and and pizza, you're going to feel lousy. And so if you want to manage and and be successful, you got to manage, you know, blood sugar. These are the the tricks that I use for for Mm -hmm. people. So like I try to avoid carbohydrates in isolation because that can cause a spike in blood sugar, which causes a corresponding drop. And then you get the cravings and you get brain fog and, and fatigue and all that. So try to pair your carbohydrates with a healthy protein and a, and a healthy fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, eat. So like I have these non-negotiables, right. So just okay. to kind of bring this back to give some people some tips here about dealing with in a stressful life, a crazy hectic life, like how do you, how do you adhere to these things? So I like to use non-negotiables like these, and they could be any number of, of things that are specific to you. Um, but they should be things that are going to provide, uh, uh they're going to be healthy habits, right? So like mm-hmm. for me, I'm going to take myself. Sup- I, there's a few supplements that I take every day, no matter what I'm going to, I'm going to take them. My vitamin C, vitamin D, uh, B complex, magnesium, fish oil. Like these are things that for my immune system and my energy. So I'm going to take those, uh, I'm going to eat at least one nutrient dense meal every day, no matter what happens, whatever yeah. I'm doing, I don't care what I'm do- I'm going to have one good freaking meal. That's going to give me some, some nutrients in my body to power me forward. Uh, and I'm gonna stay hydrated. So I'm gonna make sure that I drink at least 75 ounces of water. Most days I drink more, but at least 75 ounces with some electrolytes. I'll do breath work every day, no matter what, morning and evening, at least probably between five and 10 minutes total, not a lot. I'm gonna move my body every day could be anything lenient on that so like it could be going to the gym or it could be dancing it could be chasing your kids around it could be yard work whatever move yeah just and move and the last one for me is is cold exposure which is probably the, the big outlier for everyone else but i i finish every shower with 60 to 60 seconds to two minutes of, of just really cold water all right like no yeah. matter what so if i do those six things and i do every day is a success. I try to do more than that, but every day is not going to be perfect. It's like Mike Tyson's famous quote. Like everyone's got a plan until
0: they get punched in the face. Dude, that's, Life punches that's, you in the face
1: sometimes. And you got to stick to these few things.
0: So important to, to really kind of, I guess, if we're to wrap it up, is just at the end of the day, all the stuff, we said, all the stuff, Brian information, Brian puts out the information I put out, break it down and set up some basic daily non-negotiables for yourself that at the end of the day, if you can check off these, maybe it's three things, you know, you're moving the needle forward. Yeah. And I, there's a couple of things Brian mentioned that I, I talk about with my clients too. Like again, not eating what I call naked carbs. Like if you want a snack, mm-hmm. we're not grabbing a handful of potato chips. If you want a handful of potatoes, cool. You got to have a protein with it. Yeah. If you want to have a bagel with breakfast, cool. You got to have a protein with it. Yeah. What this does is keeps hunger regulated throughout the day and stuff like that. So if you can just break down your non-negotiables for you as an individual, maybe that's, I'm going to eat breakfast every day, I'm going to drink water with every meal, and I'm going to move for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. If you do that consistently, not only will you move the needle forward, but as you continue to get more successful, that your confidence goes up, you feel more proud of yourself, and you feel uh, confident adding more onto your plate. And then maybe it becomes, all right, I'm going to eat uh protein in every meal and it just compounds off of that but again if you're going into any program and you're just th- looking for the quick fix and you're looking for it to to heal all your issues you're not taking responsibility of your uh, of your choices nothing's going to work for you
1: short shortcuts never really yeah, how many shortcuts are you going to take to end up in the same place you know well that, yeah that's yeah, that's
0: that's, just, that's, but... a, that's a, 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 an analogy i use for people all the time it's like If you've, you've spent the last 15 years uh, doing, doing a quick fix and 15 years has gone by. If you had stayed consistent for one year with basic stuff, you wouldn't, you would have lost all the weight. Yeah. Like, where where
1: are you going? Where are you going? Like, where are you rushing off to? Like you're here, this is life. This is your one life. Like, what are you in such a rush to get the, the, like, just, you know, be, be patient, understand that it's, it's a bit of a process and it's absolutely doable and attainable with the right, you know, the right information. And that's where, you know, you and I think are, you know, what we do, I, I believe is work worth doing. It's why I left, you know, the hardware store and the hardware business. Yeah, dude, we didn't, even, we didn't even, we didn't even
0: talk about that. Like Brian's yeah. so passionate about this that he literally uh, sold his, his a business. Uh, he owned a hardware store in Clifton Park, New York, and he sold it to, You know, dedicate more time to building his nutrition coaching business and learn more and get certified. And uh, it's work like that and commitment like that, you know, that we are spending an hour on a Friday uh, doing this for free to help you guys out. So, um, as as we wrap up here, Brian, like where can people learn more about you? Where can they find information that you put out?
1: Oh, gee. So, email is is good if you want to reach out to me quick. It's it's my name, Brian Abel, the number three at gmail.com. And Abel is A B B A L E. Uh, Instagram, I think it's at, Able80. <laughs> at able 80, a B B A L E eight zero, um, on Instagram, Facebook, same thing. Um, so yeah, you can drop, just drop me a direct message or drop me an email, anything like that. Um, and I'm, I just, I do like 15 minute free just consultation assessment. See if, see if it's a good fit, you know, if, oh. if what I offer makes sense and speaks to whoever it is that I'm on the phone with, you know? Awesome, man. Well, it was
0: awesome to have you on. I really enjoyed our conversation. I told Brian before we started, I was like, we'll try to go like 30 minutes. Maybe we're talking for like over 50. But I think it was really useful stuff. Uh, As always, guys, if you enjoyed this, uh, if you got something from it, go follow Brian, reach out to him, ask him questions. And as always, make sure you subscribe, you uh, leave a five star rating and just share, share, share the podcast with people because the more good quality information we can get out there, uh, the less bullshit people consume. Uh, So anyway, Brian, thank you so much. I hope you have a great weekend, man.
1: Yeah, man. Same to you. It's been, it was was great coming on. Appreciate it.